Hi, my name's Kurt, and I like bar trivia. Do you like to sit around for a while? Found yourself a little pet crocodile. Do you like to just live in the moment? Do you like the stars, the moon, and the comets? What do you like, do you like? 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 Welcome to What Do You Like, the podcast where we get to know a person through their passions and hobbies. I am your host, Jeremy Zaha, and welcome to one of our interview episodes. Um, and I'm really excited to, to share this conversation with you. Uh, we're talking with someone who I met when I was working at a residential treatment facility um, with kids with behavioral emotional disorders. And he was by far the person I was compared to the most. Um, if I think demeanor pretty similar, but also just visually, um, we're both um, on on the larger end of the spectrum, uh, both on the bearded end of the spectrum. And for a period of time, we're both on the long hair end of the spectrum uh, to the point where I was once at a wedding uh, and... Uh, this gentleman uh, performed a beautiful song on guitar uh, during the ceremony. And then as I was uh, in the receiving line or like walking out of the church and I went up to the mother of the bride who said, you did such a great job performing that song. Um, and I, it, it didn't hit me right away that uh, she got me confused with, with our, our guests today. So I just said, thank you. Um, so to this day, I've, I've accepted some praise for this gentleman, um, and I'm so happy to have him on the podcast today. I want to introduce everyone and welcome to the podcast, Kurt Radford. Welcome to the podcast, Kurt. Hey, how's it going, Jeremy? I am so happy this conversation is happening. Um, we were just talking right before this has probably been about four or five years since you really chatted. Um, and Full disclosure for everyone listening, I had another guest lined up for this week. Um, I'd I'd reached out to Kurt about possibly a future episode, um, but when my guest fell through, uh, I said, hey, Kurt, are you free uh, today? He's like, I can be, and jumped right on this conversation. So I truly appreciate Kurt with his flexibility, and I think that speaks a lot to Kurt as just being like up to do kind of whatever. Um the adventurous spirit. Um, <laughs> but today we're talking about something that me and Kurt shared. Um, and that is a, a love and passion for trivia. And that's kind of where I got to know Kurt is uh, back in Bloomington normal. Uh, we joined a trivia team together and became pretty dominant. Uh, for a while, we were probably the second best team. Um, in there, we won a lot of gift cards uh, to the point where there was one night where I consumed so much beer because it was uh, free that um, I felt terrible for about a week. Um, but to, to j- j- jump right in with Kurt, uh, trivia is kind of based on like this knowing random knowledge. Right. Um do you know kind of where that kind of love or or passion kind of developed in you? Was it around when you were a kid? Um, probably. I mean, I've always enjoyed just learning different things. Um, I mean, in college, if I could have stayed there and taken every course offered in my program, you know, if I'd had the time, I would have just like to, to learn about any number of different things and, I remember in high school joining a scholastic bowl, which is kind of like a more, you know, organized version of a, a bar trivia night, you know, within the realm of, of education. And I really enjoyed scholastic bowl and just pulling random stuff out of my head that seems to stick in there for no reason. So that just kind of seemed to translate nicely to going out and, and playing bar trivia for something to do on a Thursday night, you know? Uh, I, I think, so I did scholastic bowl once in high school as an alternate and I got really excited about it because I thought it was going to be a lot like Jeopardy. Um, mm-hmm. And then I got there and I was like, this is nothing like Jeopardy. This is <laughs> like 
this One is knowledge that thing... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say this is this was it was knowledge that I didn't feel was important at all. It was too actually important. And I was like, why do I need to know this? Why are they testing me on this? And they didn't even have a buzzer. So I was okay. like, why why am I here? No, I, I enjoyed in high school in a science class we would do a review for exams playing a game called Bong the Beaker, where everyone had a glass beaker and a pencil and uh the uh, teacher would ask review questions prior to the exam and you'd bong the side of your beaker with a pencil to chime in and try to answer the question so that was like test prep but also uh competition to try to show off in class about who had you know the firmest understanding of the of the material for the upcoming biology exam I think that was pretty bold of the the teacher as well to to name it Bong the Beaker because a beaker <laughs> beaker has a a very particular shape that could be misconstrued for a high school student. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I never so you always, that. yeah. Well, I, that's the first thing I thought. I not not that I'm uh, uh, really partake in that, but uh, uh, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> But I think that that speaks a lot to like uh, almost the competitive nature in, in you as well, like having this this knowledge um, as a way to demonstrate to like show it off. Almost, um, were you big into like board games growing up as well? Uh, you know, not really. Um, we got a lot of people that enjoy, you know, friends that enjoy like the the Settlers of Catan and these other, you know. I don't know if you can consider those role-playing board games or whatever. Um, and that really isn't something I was into. You know, I played my share of, of video games of the the era of the original Nintendo and Super Nintendo and getting into that kind of stuff. I did enjoy those. But, no, I wasn't much of a, a board game player, per se. I did enjoy Trivial Pursuit, though, which I guess kind of makes sense for the love of trivia as well. You know, the one that I did particularly enjoy was kind of a trivia-based game. Interesting. Yeah, I mean that really showed, like that really kind of really highlights that the this this trivia and this knowledge is what's most important. Right. Even going um, you know into adulthood, you know, playing with uh, my sister and brother-in-law and other people who all share a love of a particular topic. I'll go ahead and embarrass myself, but Harry Potter, you know, we all enjoyed that series thoroughly and you remember the the short-lived I think board game fad of seen it. Or it was a board game based on DVDs, you know, and you'd pop the DVD in and it'd show a movie clip or something. Um, and they had themed versions of Seen It, and we'd always sit down and compete on the uh, the Harry Potter Seen It. So even in adulthood, I guess, you know, uh, enjoying trivia and theme-based trivia just with the people that I hang out with on you know a regular basis within life. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you really bring up a, a, an important topic that a lot of this trivia is almost a social aspect, too. Um, it's kind of a way to, yeah, it's a way to kind of, to get and, and get around other people where I know sometimes I'm not a huge fan of just regular small talk, especially if I'm out. Um, I always need something else as a, as a crutch almost as to why we're there. Mm -hmm. Cause if, if it's just the alcohol, that's a dangerous realm. Uh, (laughs) Um, So like that's where I think like especially bar trivia really really falls into that category. Um, yeah. No, I mean you or I, I'd call you and I acquaintances prior to bar trivia. You know, we knew some of the same people within our realm of the agency we worked for, but I don't think we really hung out or socialized or knew each other at all that well. And then when we started playing trivia on a weekly basis, that's where we really got to know each other, and that led to hanging out sometimes outside of the trivia environment as well. So, like you say, you know. The alcohol as a social lubricant isn't always the best thing, but, you know, for us, the trivia served as that social lubricant where we got to know each other a little bit better and and led to, I'd say, more of a friendship than an acquaintanceship, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think, and you, you, there's almost like, especially with bar trivia, there's, you really have to embrace the team aspect because uh, we kind of structured the team almost with different strengths. Mm-hmm. For sure. Whereas, like you and our friend John, previous guest on the podcast, really handled the music. Um, I think I definitely handled the random pop culture um, history. You nailed some history too. Yes, I was also, I believe, the youngest person on the team. So, like, I was responsible for the uh, 
whatever the kids were into the, the, <laughs> the, the, the I guess this is before TikTok, but like that, which I wasn't the greatest at. I, I pretended to know that stuff. That was honestly uh, probably one of our weaknesses. Yeah, that's why we were the second best for a while. <laughs> Young pop culture and country music. Yes, we had no no information on country music, and with bar trivia in Central Illinois, that was a, a big hole in our uh, in our lineup. We would just write down um, Luke Bryan anytime we were asked to name a country artist and hope it was right. <laughs> it was right, surprisingly a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, when we did uh, bar trivia, was that the first time that you had done bar trivia? Um, well, I mean, I think I was playing with uh, Zip and Greg. For a little while before you started coming out but i mean yeah that was the first um twin city trivia was the first trivia company or trivia night i had started going to there at firehouse and normal um yeah so i hadn't been at it too long prior to when uh, you started joining the team which i think was probably only a few weeks after we started going yeah i feel like i was i was around the the formation of the team yeah. do you so so before that, like what, the only place you kind of got your your trivia, uh, I, I don't I don't want to say rocks off because that doesn't seem right. Uh, <laughs> your trivia fix that's almost just as bad. Uh, your trivia fix was just through like those the like CNET or anything like that before you started doing bar trivia. Like CNET or like. Uh... I still play trivia crack on, you know, the iPhone app or the, the Android app. Oh yes. That's the trivia based game where you can play against people, you know, for that uh, competitive aspect, or, you know, you can just start up a game with random people, but I'd play trivia apps like that, or, uh, you know, just hanging out with people within conversation, you know, a topic comes up, try to stump somebody with some trivia and see if that leads into a little, you know, competitive conversation or quizzing of each other or uh, still, you know, my girlfriend and I will be listening to music, and if it's a song I think she doesn't know, I'll immediately be like, name the artist, you know, and just try to challenge each other on uh, information on music or whatever else the conversation happens to be about. Just kind of that baseline competitive nature where I like to to compete and see what I know compared to other people. Now, when you're doing that, are you ever amazed by uh, the other person who is possibly able to outdo you or is that never, never the case? Oh, for sure. Because I'm certainly not a master of any topic, you know, um, I like to think I know a lot about or a little about a lot, but not a lot about any one thing, you know? Um, I mean, I thought I was a, a pretty, had some pretty deep knowledge in the, the realm of let's say Harry Potter until I went and played a Harry Potter themed trivia night. And, uh, got humbled, if you will, <laughs> uh, when you realize how deep some people actually get into certain topics and certain areas of knowledge or areas of pop culture. Um, but I think that's what's fun about playing the general bar trivia. The theme nights are fun, but just the, the regular nights are so far reaching in terms of the topics that they cover. You know what I mean? Um, and the way the questions are written really make it entertaining. I mean, I recall one night you and I went and everybody else was late, I think. And they used to announce uh, a category in advance. And I don't know if you recall this, but the, the round that they announced in advance was about the TV show Chuck, I believe. Okay. Uh, about of. which neither you nor I have ever seen an episode at that point. Um, but we were able to, I think, get perfect or only miss one question on the round. Um, because we just did a cursory read of the Wikipedia page and then the way yes. the questions are written, they do a good job of writing a, a good trivia question would be written in a way where they give you unrelated pieces of information or, you know, somewhat related pieces of information that can help you get to the answer. Even if you don't know a whole lot about the official topic of the round, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like a, a strong trivia question always has context built in. Right. Um, I do kind of remember that. I do, I do remember being shocked by how well we did. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I'm glad I'm I'm talking with you. It's bringing up some good memories. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but yeah, that that truly is something that that that's fun about because it, like bar trivia specifically, it is very much like a mini game show. So you get kind of that rush of. Oh, I'm competing against all these other people, and it, it harkens back to like a Jeopardy or, or something else. Um, but it also is 
I think more. How do I say this? I get it's more like there's less pressure because you're you're with a group of friends, um, and it's just it's fun a- to like bounce stuff off each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to buzz in and be the first to get something. You know, you have time to write down your answers. Uh, but then that also leaves you some time to really think about, man, did we get that one right? You know, and then you you trade your score sheet for grading and see somebody else's answer. And you're like, oh, yeah, we nailed it. Or, oh, man, we got that wrong. You know, there is a little bit of that kind of drama to it that is sort of on Jeopardy, even though it's not a, a fast-paced format. But it still kind of does have that uh, that energy to it, I guess. Sure. Can you remember a time when you were doing bar trivia and you thought you nailed it and then you went to trade sheets and realized that you were completely off? Oh, absolutely. I I can't remember the exact question. I believe it was about a, a secretary of, of state or something. And I immediately thought, oh, that Condoleezza Rice, you know, it just seemed so absolutely right. I guess I didn't pay attention to the maybe the, the time frame that the question was asking about, but I just rattled it off with such confidence that everyone's like, oh yeah. And we just all wrote it down and didn't even think about it. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we put high points on it as well, you know, as you confidence rank your answers. And and uh, as soon as we traded and we saw the other person who wrote down, the other team who'd written down the correct answer, we're like, oh man, that's terrible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sometimes your brain just thinks something and you think it's right. And if somebody says something with confidence, everyone else is like, oh yeah. You know, so sometimes you really do have to slow down and think about uh, what you're writing and think the question through. Because, yeah, we've I can that's just one example that sticks out in my head. But I'm sure it's happened many other times where write something down with such confidence that it ends up being completely wrong. Yeah, I but I think that's that says a lot about you where you just like immediately like, wow, that that's so wrong. Because I think a lot of people say a lot of things with confidence. And then when they're humbled, they aren't humbled. They double down and be like, no, 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 you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Um, but I think that really, that shows a lot about you saying like, well, Hey, people, people make mistakes. Oh, for sure. Um, I remember there's one time I think, I don't remember the exact question. I remember that I was so certain a certain thing was right. And I was insistent. And I remember you and John were like, no, I'm pretty sure it's this other thing. And I was like, are you sure you guys, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that I'm right here. And I think we we ended up going because there's two of you. I think we went up with went away with yours, and I was like so ready to like be like, I told you guys, I told you guys. <laughs> and then and then the answer came, and I wish I could remember the specific thing. I just remember how I felt uh, the answer, and you guys are right. I was like, I was almost like I was like I'm so glad that I got outvoted on that one because I would have felt so bad, <laughs> right? Being like being the reason that we got something wrong. Right. And it's funny on something as meaningless as social bar trivia, you get so in- invested in it sometimes because of that competitive nature to it, you know, or the team team aspect of it. You know, you want to be a contributor to the team, even within something as irrelevant as bar trivia. But it it's really kind of fun the way it works out that way sometimes. Absolutely. So your love of bar trivia, um, I in your day job, you are also in the education field. Um, do you think your, your love for knowledge and, and learning that led you to that field? Um, I don't think it led me to that field, but I think it helps me in that field. Um, it's not what I went to college to do. Um, I found my way there through uh, necessity and just kind of life took an unplanned route to get there. Um, but I like using some of my obscure knowledge uh, within music and then also, you know, my degree is in science. Um, and so I use that knowledge, not necessarily within a trivia aspect in working, you know, with kids with behavioral disorders and things like that, but just uh, interesting facts or things that kind of help make teaching material to these kids more interesting or to grab their intention. So that wasn't necessarily the intent of uh, my career path, but I definitely use, I think, some of that useless or interesting knowledge uh, to help get their attention and to help teach a concept, especially within science, um, in a more effective manner. Yeah, and, I, and one common thread along 
basically every episode of this podcast, and it's kind of the basis of this podcast, is that when someone's passionate about something, it's contagious. Like they're going to share it in some way. Um, and I think in the in the field of education, like a passion for knowledge and learning, it's like a perfect fit for someone <laughs> to try to pass that along to other people, especially. I mean, kids with behavioral emotional disorders, like they have a lot of other things going on trying to get through the school day. Um, just having a example of someone who loves to learn, uh, I think is, is great. And I think it, you have probably changed a lot of kids lives just by sharing that. Well, you know, I hope so. I mean, there's kids that, uh, will mention something, you know, cause kids stay in our, our program for quite a while and the kid will bring up something I don't remember doing from two or three years ago. It's like, Hey, remember that one time, you know, and he'll, he'll spout off something I did in a science demonstration or something like that. And, uh, that's kind of cool. You know, hopefully that's something, whatever that concept was or that topic he'll remember for the rest of his life. And I agree when I'm learning something from somebody, if that teacher, and I think maybe you and John touched on this in uh, the podcast about him and his passion for teaching is that if a teacher is just up there, reading from a slide or reading from a textbook, you know, high school level, college level, whatever it might be, it doesn't really capture your interest either. But if a teacher's really interested and, and excited about what they're teaching, I know from my experience as a student, I was much more excited to learn that topic or much more excited to pay attention. And then I'm going to be much more apt to learn something from that, that lesson, you know? Yeah. I, I think that that's the most important thing in like passing on knowledge is if if you you've to, it has to have at least appear like you're passionate about that because if i'm trying to learn something from someone who yeah like you said doesn't clearly doesn't seem like they care why am i gonna care yep. like <laughs> this is this is this is your job like you've chosen to do this and you don't even care why would i choose to care of that mm-hmm but what this brings in an interesting part in your kind of trivia growth is obviously you're an edu- you're in the education field in your day job and you're going to bar trivia at night um, to share again a much different level of knowledge um, than what you're probably covering in your day job. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one point you were given the opportunity to actually host bar trivia. Sure. Correct. Yeah. What was that transition like? Um, so <laughs> I, I really enjoy that transition. Um, and, you know, lately with uh, the pandemic and whatnot, I haven't been going out and playing trivia as much. Hopefully that kind of starts to change a little bit as things open up and people get vaccinated. But I have been able to get back into hosting trivia. And that's it's been great because I enjoy playing. I enjoy getting the questions that we ask each week and challenging myself the first time I read through them and then. I know how much fun it is to play, so I enjoy facilitating that uh, for other people, you know, and it's not something I ever thought about doing, but just in the nature of going every week, I don't I don't know if you recall how uh, we were competing with another team, not just to win trivia, but for our table. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we sat in our same t- table every week, and I guess maybe I'm a creature of habit in that way. I thought it was a, a good spot, and these other people started showing up earlier than we usually got there to uh and we're taking our table which i took offense to so i just started getting there earlier and earlier you know and i'd have my dinner before trivia started just to beat these folks to the table and in doing so you know the the host at that venue who happened to be the owner of twin city trivia he was there obviously early setting up his uh you know pa equipment and and getting ready to facilitate the evening and he'd walk around and get to know uh, the people there to play and would talk to me a little bit each time and, uh, you know, at some point as he was expanding, because I think we kind of got into it when that was still an early thing uh, in town. You know, it was only at a few places a week. And now Twin City Trivia hosts all over central Illinois, tons of places, especially pre-pandemic. Um, and he was expanding and looking for trivia hosts. And I guess he just saw that I was apparently passionate enough about it to come out so early to get a table and to play each week that he thought, hey, maybe this guy... Uh, would make a good host and he offered me that opportunity to uh, host a night for him. So that first night that you're hosting, what what was it like? Was it 
like nerve wracking because you're like, I'm, I'm on the other end of this. Uh, was it uh, kind of relieving that I don't need to know, I, like, I already know the answers. I'm the one with all the power here. Like, what was that first night like? I, I was I was certainly nervous. Um, not only was it my first night, but it was the first night for a new venue in town. It was the first night they had hosted trivia at this particular spot. So I was really worried about it going well, not only in terms of my performance and being able to continue as a host, but also for the venue, you know, the venue needs to have people come out and spend a little money there while they're playing trivia as well for it to make sense for them. Um, so yeah, I was, I was a little nervous, but you know, I invited a lot of friends and uh, had a good turnout that first night. Um, I think my biggest, I had probably two significant fears, keeping it on time. Cause I know as a player, you know, when we used to go on Thursdays, I would head to an open mic night afterwards. So, I always like to get down there and get signed up. So I, I didn't care for when we ran late. So I was very worried about keeping it on schedule. And I was worried about reading an answer too soon, you know, out of turn and giving something away. And I was terrified that I would, I would do that. Um, and I'm proud to say after years of hosting, I've yet to do that. I mean, I think the fact that you're mindful of it and uh, like, obviously that would ruin that moment. You're aware of that. I think that's probably what's kept you from doing it. And also probably what makes you a good host is that I, th I've heard like sayings basically like if at any point you're not nervous doing something, you shouldn't be doing it anymore. And the, and like the performative arts, because you're no longer challenging yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and even if it's just like small things like that, I think it, it really keeps us on our toes. Uh, like when I'm recording these podcasts, there's still moments where I'm like, I'm going to mess up. I mean, I'll, I'll reveal a little thing. Uh, but when we started recording this podcast, when I first did the introduction, which no one will ever hear, maybe, maybe if one day I'll release it. It's not that <laughs> exciting, but maybe for, for like Patreon or something like that, I'll release it. But right away I said, welcome to what do you like? The podcast where we get to know a person through your passions and hobbies, which is embarrassing considering I've, this is now the 38th episode of this pod. Well, 30, yeah, 38th full episode of this podcast. And I'm still making that mistake, but I think the <laughs> it's through those that, that you're still human and you're still growing in this. Um, and I think it shows like, I'm still very passionate about this podcast. So I'd be like, well, hold on. Let's, let's redo this. I want to put out the best possible right. thing. Um, so as someone who, performs as a trivia host what as, as you kind of did it because you you did it for a while even like before the pandemic kind of like put everything on a hold right how did you kind of grow in that time period like where did you see you kind of strengthened um i would say just trying to um provide a little bit more than just question reading. Cause you know, I mean, the question reading is, is the crux of it. You have to read a question so the people know how to answer it, but um, it's providing a little bit of extra, providing a little bit of humor or um, cracking a joke every once in a while to keep people engaged, you know, not just sitting there and reading, but I think there's a fine line there because, you know, all hosts are different and we have some freedom and how we want to run a night. You know, we have to answer the questions. We have to give out the prizes. We have to try to end on time. Um, but other than that, there's some freedom in how you want to run your night, how you want to structure the rounds, the breaks, things like that, and and how you want to interject your personality and your humor. And I, I've gone some nights where I feel a host, they get real into it with their delivery, you know, and the answer is, and it's a little bit much for my taste, you know, it's almost too performative. And some people might like that. And so they might go to that host more often. I don't try to go that far with it but i try to think about little quips or jokes or interject stuff on the fly that might get a joke out of people and keep the keep the environment light um early on i was probably just sitting there reading those questions and worried about mispronouncing a word or whatever now if i mispronounce a word it usually leads to a joke and a little bit of laughter or something like that so i think i've gotten certainly got better over time with relaxing and just a little more go with the flow and naturally letting humor or a little bit of um, joking or levity come into it naturally as opposed to trying to force it like I feel some people do. Yeah, and I think 
I think it's important to be your authentic self in any type of performative nature, unless you're like Dean Lee Lewis and Lincoln. He has to be Lincoln. He can't be himself at all. Um, but I, so that reminds me of uh, what a lot of people say about professional wrestlers is like the most successful professional wrestlers are the ones where their gimmick is just themselves up about 110%. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's just a more amplified version of themselves. Uh, and what you described is like, well, you know, understand you're performing, but you also want to be yourself. You want to be, you're not, you're not the professional game show host um, on TV. You're not going to be dressed in a suit. You're not going to uh, talk like Chuck Woolery or whoever is hosting nowadays uh, that tells you how up I'm at with pop culture. Uh, that Chuck Woolery was the first person I thought of. Right. Or, I was um, the or the announcers on the price yes. is right. Come on down. You know, yes, that. exactly. Um, but you're just authentically you. Now, one thing I also know about you is you are a musician and you perform. You mentioned how you open mic nights. Um, how much of your music musical performance history has kind of influenced your trivia hosting? Um. I, you know, if I hadn't got into music and playing out, um, I don't know if I would have been as willing to immediately accept the trivia hosting position because performing music got me kind of out in front of people more. I don't want to say in the life on crazy cool gigs, you know, we play bars and beer gardens around Bloomington normal, but still for me, you know, I'm, I'm inherently a, a kind of shy, quiet person until I get to know someone. I'm honestly a little bit nervous to come on and, and do your podcast because I don't know, you know, I'm just kind of shy and reserved and don't know if I'm the greatest at talking about things, you know, but no, the first time I went out to try to play music, we talked earlier about that social lubricant. It used to be two, three beers in a shop before I'd even think about <laughs> trying to play a song in an open mic. You know what I mean? Um, but the more I did it, the more comfortable I got with it. And then, you know, kind of formed a band and started playing gigs out and, I still get a little bit nervous, especially for particular gigs. Like you say, if you're not nervous about it or you're not worried about it, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. You should always want to be doing a little bit better. Um, but the, the music part of it definitely got me more comfortable, I guess, being on a stage, quote unquote, or being in front of people, being a focal point, I guess, in a public setting. And so I definitely think that helped me be more comfortable with uh, being willing to start hosting trivia. But that being said, it's a, it's a completely different animal. It's not playing an instrument and standing behind an instrument and singing. It's actually having to talk and a little bit more interactive. And again, being an inherently kind of shy person that took a little bit of getting over as well to be more interactive in that type of setting, as opposed to a music setting. But I think it really speaks to your passion for the, I'm going to say it, the art of trivia, um, that you're willing to kind of work through that. Um, and you've really documented. Now, I unfortunately have never been to an, a night that you hosted, um, but I've talked to people who have, and they've all said that you're absolutely great at it. Um, Thank you. And I, I think just like like you said, like the, the wanting to grow, I think, is the most important thing. Um, and also, I think it's fun to because, I mean, to go back to hosting a podcast, I listen to podcasts for almost 10 years before I even tried to, to host a podcast or I was even on a podcast. And it's like, mm-hmm. it becomes this like mountain of, uh, of, uh, task. How could I even start one? Um, but then once you do it, you realize like, Oh, I guess it's not that bad. I mean, really it's just, you boil it down to truly what it is. I'm literally just talking to a microphone, having a conversation with someone interesting. That's, that's the entire aspect of the podcast um it takes some work to get to that point but like if you really boil it down to it's it's not something unattainable and i think tell me if i'm wrong is that something you kind of realize in hosting trivia um yeah i mean i never thought about trying to host until he offered it and i'm like whoa can i do that you know is that something i can do well um and like you said, the first time it was a little 
little nerve-wracking, but I was like, yeah, why, you know, why can't I? I? I know how to run a PA through playing music. I know how these nights work because I've been playing them for two or three years. I know the structure. I know exactly how a night should go. You know, there's really no reason I shouldn't be able to jump in and do this. Um, but I was still nervous about it. But, you know, went ahead and jumped in and gave it a shot. Like you said, you'd listened to a lot of podcasts, so you might not realize it, but just in doing so, you pick up how a pod- podcast should flow or or how questions should be maybe posed in order to elicit a good response. You know, you already had that probably whether or not you realized it. And it's kind of the same thing with hosting trivia, just from having played so much, I, even though I didn't necessarily realize it, you know, already had that skill set there, just needed to realize it and, and act upon it and then try to build upon it. And like you say, get better over time uh, at doing it. But yeah, the fundamentals were there. I just need to get over that hump of getting in front of people and actually doing it for the first time. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I kind of rambled. No, no, that, that absolutely makes sense now. And I think it, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the, the sense of achievement, just like doing it at least once has to, had to feel great. The, the first night you actually, you were done. You're like, wow, I actually did it. Yeah, for sure. It's like I made it through. I didn't ruin any questions. I got done on time. People seem to enjoy it. Yeah, that's a that's a good feeling to put yourself out there, do something, do it reasonably well, and and have that accomplishment on your your list of things that you've done. You know. Now, you've hosted for a little while now, but you also still play trivia. Has there been like a how you approach playing trivia? Has that changed since you started hosting? Um, I don't think so, really. I don't think it changes my approach. I think it's made me a better trivia player just because instead of only being exposed to the questions as a player once a week, now I get to see a different set of questions that I ask every week. And so I'm seeing twice the amount of questions and it helps you get to know the style of question writing of the, you know, the owner that writes the questions for the, for the company. And kind of helps you get to know the different themed rounds that they put out there and how to think about questions from different angles to get there. Cause when I read the questions for myself, I always preview the questions before I host. Some people I think show up and, and read, I like to be a little bit prepared and know how to pronounce names that maybe I've never seen before or something like that. And as I read, I kind of like to think about the questions and think of the different ways to get to an answer based on how the question was written. You know, like we talked about before to help somebody, who might not know the topic of the round, but they could get to an answer based on the way the question's written. And so I th- think seeing extra questions and having more time to think about them, you know, when you're playing, you got a minute or so to think about an answer, but I have time to look at the questions and kind of review them and think about them. And I think that's not necessarily changed how I approach playing trivia, but it's changed how I um, am able to think about the questions a little bit. I try to yeah, get to the uh, answers. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I mean, and that makes sense. And I think for someone like you who who just craves knowledge, like also understanding the mechanics of it, I think is going to to be something you want to learn more and more as well. Um, but what's interesting about this is like some people, I think once they get into the the inner workings of something, they kind of enjoy it less or they enjoy it in a different way. Because um, once they know how the sausage is made, <laughs> it becomes a little, a little less appetizing, but for mm-hmm. you, it seems like not at all. I think it just it just added to your 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 wanting to know more and and wanting to kind of challenge yourself in more ways through trivia. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, getting involved on the hosting side of things was I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed trivia very much playing, but I just got to experience it from a different side. So it just kind of doubled my enjoyment, essentially. Not only do I get to enjoy playing, but I get to enjoy it from the other side of the microphone and hosting and just kind of, you know, double the uh, enjoyment that I get out of the whole concept of bar trivia. Just get to enjoy it from two different, two different angles. So you've, you've been a host for a while. And and one thing about bar trivia um, is it takes place in bars and what bars are most famous for, um, other than uh, fights, is probably drinking. Um, mm-hmm. 
So with that that combination as a as a host, has there only been any like challenging nights due to someone consuming a little too much or someone not even playing bar trivia kind of being disruptive because they're drunk? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it happened last week. <laughs> uh, you know, we get the rundown of the rules at the start of the night. And the number one rule is don't shout out answers, whether you're playing or not. You know, uh, if you're playing, you don't want to shout out an answer because you don't want your com- competition to know. And when people who are happen to be at the bar but aren't playing, we don't want them shouting out answers and messing with people. You know, and I I had given that uh, instruction and I think first or second question of the first round. Um, this rather inebriated woman was walking through and just shouts out an answer. Uh, you know, it's just, it's kind of frustrating. She, you know, she may have been out in the, in the beer garden. I don't know, but why someone feels compelled to do that. I don't know. Um, but usually folks, you know, they might do it once and you ask them respectfully to stop and they generally do. I haven't, uh, haven't ever really had to lay down the law, I suppose, or, or, and I'm not much of a, uh, combative person i would be uncomfortable if i had to do that um and luckily people uh don't don't cause that much of a problem at a trivia night um i have seen a fight at a trivia night though i was subbing um at the local hooters when it was still open several years ago and uh i'm sitting there hosting and next thing i know this woman walks in and apparently her significant other was there with another lady and uh, she grabbed that woman, <laughs> threw her around, and the dude had to get up and drag her out. I, I don't know the details of it, but there was a little bit of a knockdown drag out at Trivia Night at Hooters a few years ago. <laughs> so you never know what I, you're going to see. I feel like that tracks with Hooters in general. So, uh, <laughs> Right. Um, I, I do find it funny how, you, like, and I know you're not, you're not the competitive type, but you have the presence of someone who, and maybe I shouldn't challenge this guy. Um, I think similar yeah. to, to me, I think the beard helps overall <laughs> beard and, and large stature. Yes. I think I, I, I felt safer walking the streets of Chicago at times knowing that like someone's going to at least think a second before they try to come at me. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, 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 I don't feel that way, but I, I get it. Yeah, I guess if I saw someone similar to your or my statue in a dark or stature in a dark alley, you know, I might I'm not less likely to do something because I wasn't going to do something to begin with, but I'd be a little concerned by that person's presence potentially. Exactly, exactly. That's that's my entire brand. Um, is to <laughs> avoid avoid fights just through uh, disheveled beard and and uh, girth. I appreciate that. I appreciate that motivation to not lose weight. Thank you for giving to that, uh, giving that to me, buddy. (laughs) Well, you, I mean, I will, I will, will say this, like in, in recent years, you've definitely slimmed down uh, impressive amounts. Oh, I appreciate that. Especially this is the first time I've seen you since, uh, the pandemic. And uh, while most people decided to, uh, consume their time, during the pandemic, it seems like you've uh, been able to uh, kind of <laughs> maintain a healthy lifestyle, which I think is impressive. I wouldn't call it healthy, but I didn't really gain. No, I'm actually have maintained relatively well, I guess, <laughs> which Man. is better than going the other direction. Uh, yeah. As someone who went the other direction, uh, <laughs> I, I would agree on that one. Uh, I will, I will say this as stuff's opening up and as I get out, it's a lot easier to, uh, not gain as much. Um, Mm -hmm. but back to, to trivia. Um, so you've been doing, you've now hosted for a while. Um, where do you kind of see your futures? Are you, is it something you want to like kind of grow into or is it really just where you're at right now is where you're most comfortable and we'll just see where the future goes. Um, I would think that what it is now is, is probably what it will be. Um, I don't know within, you know, a trivia company like this, there's not particularly room for growth per se. I mean, you know, the guy that started it is the owner and, and he hosts a lot of nights himself and he does the question writing and, um, 
there's maybe a possibility to write questions. I know they used to take questions from hosts if they wanted to write rounds, you know, the owner would buy them off of you. I mean, I've often thought about trying to get into writing questions and the more I host, the more comfortable I might be trying that to, you know, as I've learned how a good question should be written. But I mean, in terms of like growth within the realm of bar trivia, it would probably just be maybe if you wanted to start your own trivia company or your own trivia nights. I mean, that's the main growth I would see in it. Um, and I think that's something that might be difficult to do in this community if you were to want to, just because there is such a good sized uh, established trivia company already here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But just, not... but just like playing trivia is just kind of a, a fun pastime. Hosting is just kind of a fun pastime too. It's just a way to get paid a little bit for still participating in trivia. You know, instead of going out and spending money on a few beers and dinner to play trivia, which is great, the social aspect as well, meeting folks like you, getting to know people. But it's also fun to go out and do it and make a little extra spending money just for going out for a couple hours a week and, and reading some questions to folks, you know. And I think it's yeah. it's fine for that to be what it is. And, you know, it serves a it serves a purpose. Getting out of the house, a little bit of leisure, a little bit of spending money. Sure. And, it, and it's a way for you to express this, like, again, thirst for knowledge and also this kind of ability to share with other people. Because as we get older, I mean, we have full-time jobs. At some point, we're not going to be able to do our full-time jobs anymore. Right. But bar trivia is something that you could – I mean, it's one night a week. <laughs> you could do that well past – well into retirement. Um, it's a good point. As long as I can stay up till 930, I could do this until I die. Yeah. <laughs> that's truly that's truly the the american dream there i think so uh being able to host bar trivia at 90 years old it's a good point i'm trying to think i mean i might already be one of the older people that hosts for twin city trivia you know so maybe i'll just uh keep that going and, and try to set that record there you go see there's all there's always uh, another goal to attain there you go uh well I just want to say thank you, Kurt, for, for jumping on this this Zoom call, for sharing yourself with everyone listening. Um, and it's been great catching up with you, uh, especially Likewise. since I moved away from central Illinois um, and then especially because of the pandemic and I don't have a, a car anymore at this moment. Like the idea of visiting central Illinois is very difficult, but I'm glad I'm able to, to reconnect with people like you. Um, through this podcast and i'm just grateful for the technology as well right um before well, hey, we go though oh go ahead oh go ahead, no, go ahead. i was gonna say you got a trivia night up there that you uh played pre-pandemic or that might be opening up i could grab so john I, and up that direction and go go play some uh local trivia in your neck of the woods there was there i did do one or two um but the format wasn't as fun as down there um it was the knowledge was very specific mm-hmm. and like very academic. And it's like, unless you are a grad student in this field, there's no way you'd ever know this. Like that's the level that I, at least gotcha. that I experienced. Um, but if you do, you guys do want to come up, uh, I'm willing to try a new place. I have Google. I can find other bar trivias around <laughs> right on. Um, but before we go, I do want to give you the opportunity to share any information you want all my listeners to hear. I mean, maybe you want to share uh, how they can find Twin City Trivia. Right. Um, if, you find you yourself in the, if you find yourself in the central Illinois area, you can uh, just do a Google search for Twin City Trivia. They've got a website, they've got a Facebook page, a uh, list of all, all the venues that they, they host at each week. Uh, which pre-pandemic was quite a bit. I think there were between 30 and 40 nights uh, per week around central Illinois. Um, They're obviously not back up to that number yet, but they're getting closer and closer each week. Um, And like you say, you were talking about the format where you're at versus the format down here. I mean, I really think Twin City Trivia does have a great format and how they structure their nights and how they write their questions and how they, you know, out some categories so you can study and put photo hints out there to help you out on their Facebook page. So if it's something you're interested in doing, you should definitely check out uh, the Facebook page or the website and uh, 
find yourself a venue and find yourself a host you like. If you need uh, advice on that one, I can help you out. And, uh, you know, find a night to go out and play. Grab your friends. Um, or just come on your own. A friend of mine from work came on their own, and a random team saw her in by herself and said, come join us. So the type of people that play, you know, den- tend to be friendly social folks as well. So even if you don't have that group to come out with, you can come out and just play alone or find someone to play with. It's it's just a really good time, so I would highly recommend it if it's something that you're interested in doing. Absolutely. And as someone who, who played within Twin City Trivia for a few years, definitely highly recommend that. Um, I'll make sure to include all the information in the description to the show so you can just click on a link and head right there. Um, if this is your first episode uh, to this podcast, welcome. Uh, we do these every Tuesday. Um, new format, and then we do interviews every other week. Um, and then the midweeks, we do this like a mini episode. So the commitment to your time is very minimal over the month. Um, but I'm really excited that we can keep doing these interviews um if you want to follow this podcast you can go to twitter at wdyl podcast um you go to instagram at what do you like podcast or do you go you can go to our website at what do you like podcast.com um if you've enjoyed what you've listened to um feel free to give us a review um apple podcasts is the the best place to do that five star review is always appreciated or whatever podcast platform you listen to um, and if you really enjoy it, tell a friend. Um, it's always great to get new listeners and new people uh, coming aboard this 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 podcast. Um, where the goal of the podcast is really to create a community and a place for people to share what they're passionate about. Um, so if there's someone else out there that you think would enjoy these types of conversations, definitely shoot them a link to this episode. Um, with that, Kurt truly a pleasure to to be able to chat with you hopefully i'll get to see you soon um and whether it's in bloomington normal or chicago or maybe we go on a road trip to uh, poughkeepsie new york and check out their bar their bar trivia Uh, we'll hopefully do that soon right on man good to talk to you absolutely and everyone out there listening thank you for listening and we'll see you next time